It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romain who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romain Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromain.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromain.com. Trevor Romain, no E at the end of Romain, Dot com today. What's up, Heard That Nation listening in the United States and around the world? You are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and uh, check out all the future content that's coming. You definitely want to tune in to everything that's going to be coming your way, especially today's uh, episode. I'm so excited to have him on. I had committed since this podcast journey of mine started in August of 2020, when all of us were basically on a timeout, that mental health and wellness will be uh, talked about subject on my podcast. And I heard so many th- uh, feedback from many people and through email and through on my social media platforms that thanking me that uh, we're not going to shy away from mental health and wellness. I have an amazing guest on today, John Sovek. He is a therapist coach in private practice in Pasadena, California, who works with clients 
on career transitions, goal setting, motivation, and in his work, he utilizes his knowledge, directness, intuition, and sense of humor to assist people with discovering their core values and developing practical tools to tap into their personal power. And I promise you during this time, we need some kind of laughter going on right now. <laughs> John Sovek, thank you so much. Welcome to the Heard That podcast. Absolutely, it's wonderful to be here with you. And yeah, if we can't laugh at ourselves in the middle of all this stuff we've been through in the last year or so, you know, sometimes your humor, it's just, it's the way we make it through. Absolutely. And I, and people are, are scratching their heads, probably going, well, wait, you're a sports and an and entertainment and movie podcast. But if people have been listening to me since day one, I have made a commitment that we are going to go there when it talks about our mental health and our wellness. 2020 has been a difficult year, as we all know. And the amount of divorces and the amount of people unfortunately taking their lives and been home with so much time and you you used to having that busy schedule like I did in 2020 I had that busy schedule I was always on the go uh I was a manager at a restaurant so with schedules and budgets and you know new movies coming out and you know and then all of a sudden on St. Patty's Day of 2020 it all stopped so it was just like, okay, what do I do now? So I think many people went into panic mode and went into fear mode and went to, okay, now I'm, especially those that are parents, all of a sudden now became teachers. Never ever have they thought that they were going to, you know, teach their, their child math, English, spelling, or whatever subjects they are doing in school. But now they have all those roles on them, which adds amounts of stress on them. So what I want to know from you, and I'm sure that you've had everybody hitting you up and pretty much having you on speed dial, and I'm glad you and I connected <laughs> because, gosh, I was like, I wish I had him on speed dial on some of my points where I, I hit my rock bottom, my mental rock bottom. What is it during 2020 that you had gone through with, did, had anybody connected with you and, you know, shared stories with you, and how did you help them through uh, with what they were going through of the crazy year that just passed? Well, you know, the thing is, and I think it's so important to really start at this really basic level of understanding of our experience of 2020, is nowhere in our lives were we trained to live in a year of quarantine. Mm -hmm. We didn't learn it in school. We didn't necessarily learn it from our parents. We may have heard stories of living through tough times, but we didn't have the training, the skill set to be able to step up to the plate. And like you say, take on all of these additional roles, mm -hmm. um, you know, for a parent who's like, okay, I'm heading to work to suddenly be home all day doing their work and trying to manage their kid's school schedule and still get meals on the table and still trying to keep, you know, a sense of family cohesion. None of this was stuff that any of us were trained for. And so what it did, it put a huge amount of pressure on us as individuals and also on family systems. Mm -hmm. um, we do see that, you know, in a lot of families, if you had a really strong family going into lockdown, for many people that actually strengthened the experience of their family, it brought them closer together, it turned them into a team that was working effectively. Mm -hmm. If you had a relationship where there were already cracks or flaws in the relationship that you'd all been like brushing under the rug, they started showing up and manifesting because you were suddenly around your partner and your family 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And it put so much pressure on the family systems. And you're right, we had a huge rise in suicide rates over you know, 2020. 
And this is because people were put in these positions where they weren't prepared and that the mental overload just really shut their systems down. Mm-hmm. And, and we weren't prepared. And me, I'll take myself as an example, thinking that this was only gonna last weeks, maybe a couple months. We're already a full year and then now into May, slowly the, you know, people are getting vaccinated. We're seeing the vaccinations go up. People are unfortunately thinking, well, I'm vaccinated now, I'll take the mask off and, you know, walk around free and everything else, which in this case, we need to still be, continue social distancing and masking and, and, and all that. And even though that many of us, many people, they'll say it, you know, on camera and everything that they have gone back through a sense of normalcy and they want that normalcy back, I don't think that we're going to go to that normal, if that makes sense. I think that we're well, going to go to that new normal um, that people need to realize this, this, this part of, of the COVID post, almost post-pandemic, is, is, has altered everybody's regular way of living. Mm-hmm. And I think that idea of everyone saying return to normal. And I actually push against that. I think your phrase, the new normal, is actually a much more important way to look at it. And for me, I want to encourage that that new normal looks at us like taking care of each other, being there for each other, checking in on our neighbors and making sure that everyone's doing okay, finding ways to stay connected with family that aren't always like once a year we go visit grandma in Wisconsin. But, you know, we started doing these Zoom calls and it's fun and grandma's liking it. So let's keep those going. Mm -hmm. So we take what we discovered, this idea that we are interrelated and we need to connect. And that's actually so good for our mental health and well-being. I agree. That maybe we can push against that like 80 story of the me generation and open it up to a community we-based generation. Oh, I like that. A we-based generation. And, and you're right. Why would we want to go back to what was and then not embrace what can be? And, and, well, make and we had all been sold. We'd all been sold this idea that we were supposed to be our individualistic pioneers. And if you think about most people's lives, um, we live in a home either by ourselves or with a limited number of people that are family. Mm-hmm. Then we get in a car and we drive somewhere by ourselves and go to an office where we're potentially in a cubicle, isolated from other people. This is actually not how human creatures were made to connect and interact. We, if we go way back into our animalistic side, and that's the thing I think most humans forget is we're actually still animals, mm-hmm. but we did, we had this mentality where we grouped together for the well-being of the community. Right. And it's so important to take that into play. Um, I have a colleague of mine and she has a way of putting it that I think is so incredibly powerful. So play along with me for a second. You ready? All right. All right. Okay, so you decide to go hiking up in the mountains, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's you, Marissa, just like walking around, having a nice day. The pine trees are there, the wind's blowing, everything's beautiful. And suddenly a bear appears in front of you in the path. What do you think the odds are of you surviving that bear? If it's just you. What are my odds of surviving? Ooh, I put myself at a pretty high rate because... (laughs) I think it's because here's the thing. I watched so many nature shows with my husband and (laughs) (laughs) he will, we're we're watching them together and he'll talk about Marisa, if a coyote approaches you, what should you do? Well, I'm going to run. No, you don't run. You back away slowly. 
and then you do this. And they're like, okay, if you're stuck, at, I mean, he will go and do so many scenarios with me. Right. So I feel confident that like, if a bear does approach me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to slowly back away from him, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, make sure I don't step on a twig or anything else. Right. It just, you know, okay. just back away and not freak out, not panic. And then when I'm far right. enough away, I'm taking off. I'm using my old track <laughs> instincts and I'm taking off. But if it's just you and the bear, let's say your survival rate might be 50%. Mm-hmm. But let's say you're hiking with your husband and he was there with you. Mm-hmm. Suddenly there's two people and there's a little bit more presence and emphasis. And suddenly maybe your survival rate goes up to 75% because you might push your husband in front of you for the bear to feed and then you run away. <laughs> or because there's two of you, the bear's a little bit more like, hmm. But let's say there were five of you, you, your husband, and some friends went hiking. Mm-hmm. Your rate of survival goes up dramatically. Why? Because you've connected to a group, to a community. And I think that That's applies good. so powerfully to what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. that every moment that we can connect to community, whether it's in our own family, whether it's in our neighborhoods, whether it's taking on a bigger you know, community, national, international story, that those connections, that sense of belonging and being in life with other people, mm-hmm. those are the things that help set us up for a really powerful mental state and make us feel at our best. I think that is so important to people for people to realize we are connected and how we stay connected. And I think throughout the year, especially for me, I found different ways to connect. Uh, Zoom being one of them with my best friends, music uh, with the very popular DJ, DJ D Nice and his Instagram and how he had people connect through music and how many stories that he talked about how music helped people get out of their depression, get out of their loneliness, get out of their anxiety. Um, what is it some things that you suggest, John? Because there was um, a YouTube that I checked out on you and you were, it was it was so beautiful how you were talking to a couple of people, I think it was two or three months ago, uh, these gentlemen that you were talking to. And I think we, as a society, when 2020 and that pandemic happened, there was one key thing and you brilliantly talked about it yeah, I didn't even think about it. It was like an aha moment. We forgot to breathe. Mm-hmm. We forgot to take in what is around us, even though that, yes, we lost our jobs. Yes, the income you know, may have dropped. Yes, we can't leave our homes. But we're here. We're safe. I'm surrounded by these four walls. My lights are on. The air conditioning's on, thank God, especially in Texas. <laughs> the water works, I'm able to take a shower. My husband's still working. And it was an overwhelming sense of gratitude that I finally was able to accept. I was able to accept gratitude when I was on my go and I was doing you know, my work and I was busy and you know, all the different things that I was. But I kind of left gratitude in the rearview mirror when it came to my part of my world stopping. And Mm -hmm. so I I think that people need to realize that they need to stop with everything that has gone on. And it's been so much crazy, so much crazy that's been going on, but we're still here and we Mm -hmm. need to take a moment, breathe in, breathe out. And you talked, you talked about that. And it was just like an aha moment for me when you were talking about, you know, breathing and and, and, and taking in that breath and taking in that breath of gratitude and taking in that breath of, of calmness. Well, and the thing to understand 
um, is that when this all went down and we went into fear-based mode, you know, the whole like toilet paper, you know, <laughs> debacle and yes, people it, it, freaking it, it, it out. Kind of, <laughs> right. Right. Any kind of antibacterial hand sanitizer. Right. <laughs> yeah. So all of that feedback and what we were hearing the news and what we were hearing about, you know, death rates and infection rates put us into a place of fear. Mm -hmm. And when fear takes over the body, it really stimulates adrenaline, cortisol, norepinephrine, and we go into this really hypervigilant state. And because especially at the beginning, there was no relief from these messages of, you know, death and destruction and fear that we kept getting more and more and more activated. Well, when we go into that really intense fear space, our ability to breathe like shuts down. At most, we're able to barely get like breath up into the top of our lungs. Mm -hmm. And so the body now says, oh, I'm in a deficit and it gets even more anxious and closes in even more. And the thing about the breath is if we can simply roll our shoulders back, sit up a tiny bit taller, and then take a moment and just take a deep, deep inhale all the way down into our bellies, we're sending a message to our bodies that we are going to be okay. We are going to be safe. Even if we don't know that for a fact, we are telling our bodies, slow down, breathe in, breathe out. And the body will respond to that. And once we can take that body response, that somatic experience and bring the body into a sense of safety, then we can access the brain and start to do decision-making. We can decide, you know, yes, I am going to follow these protocols. Yes, I'm going to make sure the freezer is full. Yes, I'm going to make sure I tell my kids I love them every night before they go to bed. When we're out of that fear and that lockdown of the breath, when we open up, we're able to access those deeper resources. And that's how we can make it through these challenging times, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's going to a job interview or whether it's a parent teacher meeting at your school taking that time to breathe before you step into those anxiety producing moments will help you to be more present and more available to be your best self in them. I think that is so important and it's key to just take that moment to breathe in and breathe out and, and release, like you said, just to release all the anxiety and release all that fear and release all, all that frustration and everything. And so during the, that, during 2020 and everybody, you know, everything shut down and all that. What did you do during that year? Because I've had mental health experts on my show and I'm like, okay, they give such sound valid advice. I wanna know how they made it through such a difficult year. So what is it that you did for yourself? Uh, Cause I know you helped so many people get through this very difficult year, but what is it that you did for yourself that uh, kept you going? Well, I'm such a big believer that as caretakers, we need to make really good care of ourselves first, mm -hmm. because if I don't take care of my needs first, there's no way I can possibly be available for you and your needs. Right. And it wasn't intense here. Um, you know, we had to move to primarily online therapy and people were just clamoring, knocking at the door to get in for sessions. So it was a really big, intense year for all of us in the therapy field. And it's continuing on. So the things for me, they're always really simple. You know, I'm also a yoga teacher. I've done yoga for almost 30 years now. Mm -hmm. um, it's about having a yoga practice in place. It has been about, you know, upping my meditation game and taking the time to just get silent and breathe for myself. Mm -hmm. It has been willing to look into my partner's eyes and see love there and know we're going to make it through together. 
Um, it's been my garden. I love to garden. And it's been so beautiful just to spend time out there to bring it together. And then most important for me, it's been talking. It's about sharing. It's about speaking with colleagues who are going through the same overwhelm and overload that I might be going through. And us kind of like, whew, we're going to make it through this. We're mm -hmm. doing well. It's about, you know, I have friends like all over the world. And because we had the time, we actually started doing more Zoom check-ins rather than visiting them every three years. We actually are like every month we do a Zoom call. Those types of connections just help to maintain my center and my feeling of good life. Also cooking, love to cook, love to bake. Mm -hmm. They're all simple things. I'm not, I'm not a person who needs it to be some big, big, like huge gesture. For me, it's about a regular ongoing daily practice of self-care that just helps keep me centered, alive and ready to go. Okay, I gotta know, what, you talked about your garden. So what, it, what are you planting? What's, what's growing in your garden? Well, I am here in California. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, we tore out our nasty old lawn and we put in this amazing, amazing native plant garden. Um, and it's all right now, as I look out the window, it's bright oranges and yellows and lavenders. And we have tons of bees and birds and butterflies and like the hummingbirds love this garden. And so any morning, if I wake up early enough, I go sit on the front porch and just like look at the garden and watch it come to life. So it's really beautiful. And then in the back, I've got vegetables and, um, you know, fresh tomatoes off the vine with a little bit of basil you grew yourself. What more mm -hmm. could you need? Oh, that is fun. See, I'm in Texas and we're in our apartment. So that's the one thing I miss because I always did gardening with my grandmother, my grandmother uh, from the islands of uh, West Indies, God rest her soul. And she just had these big, huge, I remember as a child having, running in the backyard because she had all this land and it was just nothing but big, huge sunflowers. And that was just like my happy place because it was just bright yellow and I loved like bright colors. And I remember that and that was one of the things I went and reflected back to when I had all this time here is what is the things that made me happy? So that was one of the reflections that I had. It was like, okay, those big, beautiful, bright sunflowers. And then she had her green peas, her tomatoes, her cucumbers that were all right there in a row. And so I took a moment to reflect on, you know, when I, when I was able to step outside, when we, we had that, you know, somewhat that restriction and just have a sense of, you know, looking around and seeing the greens on top of the trees and hearing the birds chirp. And I mean, John, I was one of those ones where I walked to the parking lot, it, uh, the, the place in my apartment, I uh, walked to the, the parking lot in, in my car as if I was going somewhere. And I just got in the car and I turned up to <laughs> the radio and I was just listening to songs. And I was just like, I just feel like that I took this, you know, all expense paid trip. But it was just <laughs> like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a whole different sense of gratitude for me to just go and just sit in my car mm -hmm. and listen to music. I, I couldn't go yeah. anywhere because stuff around me was closed, but I was just like, you know, masked up and I went to my car and I just sat there and I was like, you hear the music differently. Mm -hmm. You sit in your car and it's just different. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I reached out to other people and I'm like, did you, you know, go? I said, this ain't sound weird, but I went out to my car and I sat there and listened to music. And the many people that hit me up and said, that is not weird. I did that three times a day. And mm -hmm. that was just absolutely amazing because we we taken that for granted, sitting in your car, listening to music, having the windows rolled down as if you're traveling on the road somewhere, but you're not because you're just sitting there in the parking lot. 
that whole mental shift for me uh, opened up a lot of appreciation. And I'm sure that you've heard many stories of those that people that have been, you know, Zoom calling you, calling you, uh, clamoring, you know, knocking down your door, as you say. Uh, and, and I want to know, had any anybody that has, uh, you know, reached out to you, how has your advice helped them get through a very difficult 2020 and still helping get them through 2021? Well, you know, and I think the things you and I talked about earlier, the, these ideas of understanding, these are unusual and difficult times mm -hmm. that for people to actually hear that reflected back to them and be like, oh, so it's okay that I'm not like a superstar succeeding at 100% on this. It's like, absolutely, that's, it's okay. That's, it's yes. gotta be okay that you are having difficulty with this. And I wanna be completely transparent with you as well. Yes, I have all of these wonderful healing things that I do for myself on a regular basis, but I can think of at least three or four times when I came home and just needed to crawl in bed and cry in the pillow for a little bit because my body needed to release that. And we have been given this message that that kind of like sadness is shameful, that we shouldn't go to those places. But I'm here to tell you, if we that? don't, if we don't allow so... ourselves to go to those places, yeah. we will hold on to it. And then we hold on to it and it goes deeper and gets bigger. And suddenly we're walking through the world with this big gray cloud around us. Mm -hmm. We have to learn the skill of releasing and letting it happen in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you ask why, why is this so? There are so many cultural messages out there about how we're supposed to be strong all the time, are supposed to be perfect all the time. There's this pressure to succeed. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion is, is you need to also create space for yourself to release, to be frustrated, to be angry, to be disappointed, to have all of those feelings. You know, people always are fascinated by I, the idea that I say anger is actually a really cool thing. And the reason being is if I get angry with you, I can't imagine that ever happening, but if I got angry with you, it is better for me in the moment to express that anger, to release it and move on mm -hmm. than to bury it deep down inside, hold on to it for three years. And then one day you put the glass in the wrong place in the cupboard and I explode on you. That's where we see anger not being good because we haven't addressed it along the way. And I think that's with all of our emotional journey. You know, there's this idea, so many of the self-help books look at the idea of you who need to live in bliss. But if you think about it, that becomes its own like spiritual straitjacket itself. Mm -hmm. That we're not saying there's room for you to have every emotion that you have. And it's okay for you to feel frustrated some days. It's okay for you to jump up and down in joy. It's okay for you to feel a little bit gloomy one day. And then the next day, laugh your head off. It's powerful in this journey of self-discovery to give value and credence to all of our emotions and to be willing to express them in safe and constructive ways. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the big thing that you had mentioned too, is that it's okay to talk about it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's okay to laugh. <laughs> it's okay to, you know, just, I mean, laughter to me and I, I, I don't know what I would do without it. And there's many a times where I had to just, when their words could not come out, laughter did. Uh, whether it be something funny or whether it be just, I put my hands up and I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> How has humor 
uh, uh, key role because you uh, reading over your bio and and um, what you do a part of your therapy is that you involve humor. So how mm -hmm. is humor essential to someone's mental wellness and their health? Well, here's the thing that I always know for myself. If I go through a period where I am not laughing at something, I know I need to do a check-in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because laughter for me is one of those signals that I'm aligned. I'm in tune that I can have a funny moment. You know, when my dog like slides around on the wood floor and I can laugh about that. Um, she's a great day. And it's really funny when it happens. She's like Bambi in the movie with her little legs going out sometimes. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but I use, I use that as kind of a temperature gauge sometimes. If I notice for some reason, I have not been laughing recently. I pause and I check in. Um, we get so caught up in like the depth of what's going on in our lives and the pain of it, that sometimes we need to be able to like come out of the deep end of the pool, come into the shallow end, play with the little floaties and splash water around. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what humor in this work is about, to step back and not take ourselves so seriously. Yes, in my work, I deal with people who are going through very serious things. And at the same time, sometimes we need to come back from that and look at well, like, Okay, so what was one moment where you had a win this week? What was something that delighted you? What was a moment that was really beautiful for you this week? Even the depth of our sorrow and pain, I think it's so important for us to look around and stay attached to the world we're in and see the miracle of it to help us move through these darker times. Mm -hmm. I think that hopefully people that are listening and are watching are realizing the one key important, there's several, there've been several wonderful things that you have said, but I think the one big key component is that it is okay to talk about it. It's okay mm -hmm. to go through the feelings. It's okay to have your down moments. I mean, we have our up moments and, and everything's great, but when that, that unfortunate thing that has uh, made us sad and, and made us uh, angry and, and, and turns us to negative for a moment, it's okay to go through those things but it's also okay for us to talk about it, to get out of those things and not to stay there. Um, and, and, and I think what you had said in, in those is, is that it's important. Oh my gosh, it is so, 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 so important to talk about it, to, mm -hmm. to, to you know, not suppress it for so long because it, it breaks my heart. So many stories that I've seen in the news as well as in you know entertainment world and in the sports world and i and i applaud uh those different various platforms talking about it you got celebrities you got well-known athletes that are now using their platform to talk about them going through them having a breakdown them going through uh life of jeff choices you know wanting to end it and then seeking help that they are encouraging others to do so. And, and I love that out of this atrocious year that we had, that people that have that kind of spotlight are inviting those like myself that has sports heroes and you know, you know, movie stars and so forth, They're inviting us and saying, you know what, you got a problem and you're by yourself or that, it's okay to talk about, it's okay to reach, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, call someone. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to discuss how you're feeling. And, and I think that is so important for people to just get that through 
what you're saying and, and, and realize that it's okay when you're not okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and the thing is, I think what you pointed out is so beautiful. We, for so many years, have put all of these heroes up on these pedestals and they're unrelatable and unattainable. Mm -hmm. And to be the person who's on that pedestal is really challenging too. I mean, can you imagine all these celebrities, these music people, these sports people who have to maintain this 100% of the time when they're in the public eye, mm -hmm. when in private, they may be going through something really serious. So for them to risk stepping down off the pedestal and being real makes them more relatable, makes our experience and their experience more real. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we find in therapy, that's one of the most powerful pieces of the puzzle. It's actually being able to sit in the room with someone and tell your story and have it heard. Because oftentimes when mental health issues are in play, whether it's depression, anxiety, other pieces of the puzzle, we feel isolated and alone with that. I'm the only person who's feeling social anxiety going back out into the world again. I'm the only person who's feeling depression in having to go through this year of lockdown. It's not true. So when we talk to a therapist or we do group work or we listen to a podcast like this, or we see a sports bar or celebrity come out and talk openly about this, mm -hmm. it helps us understand that we are not alone on this journey and we're not alone with these feelings we're having. I think you just, you just said something that was very important just now is that someone that is going through a particular issue in their life when they discuss it, they need to be heard. And talk to me and, and tell the, the people that are watching, people that are listening, there is a difference between being listened to and being heard. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's the way it works. It's really easy to tell the difference. If I am actually hearing what you have to say and you offer me something, when you're done, there's this moment where we're both marinating in it. If I'm just giving lip service to me listening to you, I am sitting there formulating my response before you even finish telling your entire tale. That is one of the most obvious signs that we're not actually being present and hearing someone. So if your brain tends to be like, oh, I know exactly what they're gonna say by the end of the sentence, guess what? You actually haven't heard what they have to say. And remember hearing isn't just what we do with our ears. We receive information through our eyes. What's their body language? We receive mm -hmm. energy information. How are they? They're kind of hunched over. Or they seem to be ashamed of what they're saying as they're saying it. Um, all of those things are clues that we can use both verbal and nonverbal in our ability to actually sit down and let people be heard. And I really think it is such a vital, vital skill that we've lost. Mm -hmm. We really have as, as at least here in the U S we, you know, when we go into debate or discussion, there's no pause or like, wow, what you said, well, let me put that in the framework of what I was thinking, mm -hmm. huh? Okay. I see your point. Now let me add what my point was. Dialogue is really hard because we're so busy trying to pound each over the head with messaging that nobody's actually listening or being heard. And body language speaks so loudly and, and mm -hmm. people need to realize that. And that was one of the things that I had to go through for years because I was suppressed so many things that I had going on because we didn't talk about it a whole lot. You know, we would just go through the motions and everything else and then little by little over time, I have this huge brick wall 
around me where I don't want nobody near me. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear your advice. I don't want none of that. And then one more person says something to me, the volcano erupts, I'm going off, I'm letting people know, I'm throwing things, maybe a couple of karate chops here or there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's going off and it's so dangerous to suppress all of that in you because one, from a health standpoint, and correct me if I'm wrong, from a health standpoint, it it hits you. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, I've I've seen it uh, as several of my uh, people that I know and my friends and my colleagues, where they had to end up being in the hospital. I mean, heart attacks, uh, um, different things happening with their muscles, just just suppressing all of that in them for so long that we just pack it down and then you know build more on top of it and pack that on top of that and then pack that more on top of that and until uh, it, it explodes like that. And then there's that moment when the explosion happens and it's all like flooding out of you. Yeah. And you have that moment of like, I don't know where all of this came from. Like even you get overwhelmed by the sensation of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, working with a good therapist, working with a good coach will help you, you know, use that image of like building a brick wall. Like one of the things I like to do with people is like, okay, well, let's look at that wall. Let's take one brick, let's pull it out. What's this one? Why is it in the wall? What's it made of? What experience happened? What, what's the story behind this brick? Okay, do you need it anymore? No? Okay, so what do we do with it? Let's toss it aside, okay? And then we take another brick and we do that. Um, You know, I'm not a big believer. Love her to death, love what she's done for the world, but the Oprah Winfrey aha moment, I think has misled people into the idea that they should have these huge revelations that change their lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm more a believer in, we we take regular tiny steps forward in our growth every single day, and that's where the more permanent change happens. Mm-hmm. Our human minds, the ahas are hard to hold on to, and the energy behind the aha is hard for our body to keep manifesting. Mm-hmm. But if you and I walk side by side, and every time of day we take one lighty little step forward, and then another little step forward, another little step forward, that's where we're going to see long-lasting, life-changing results. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so true. And, and that's what we need to do. We need to take those steps forward to in, in order to build ourselves, especially with this, this so much of the restrictions are being gone and uh, people are, you know, are walking around here without masks in certain states that they have lifted that restrictions and, you know, people are filling up ballparks again and, you know, ordering tickets for their concerts and everything else. And, it's just so imperative and it's so important for us to make sure that hopefully, and, and I'm gonna ask you this in a minute before, before I let you go, um, that, that people have learned something about themselves for the better with everything that has shut down and, and all, of the, all of the things that has happened. And what I wanna ask you, John, and I ask this with every single guest, um, 2020, even though through all the chaos and the crazy and, and the unfortunate situations that happen, there's something that we have taken away from that that has been good. And, and, and people, I've, I've gotten emails about it like, what do you mean there's something from 2020 that's gone that, that you've taken from that's good. There is something from that for me is, you know, on our side of the family, 
we had, uh, I'm an aunt for the first time on my side of the family. So I was there in the room with my sister when she gave birth to a be my beautiful niece. So that to me is just like, I, I have her face plastered everywhere, literally on my phone, her face pops up and all that. Cause that brings me joy. I was there during the joy of birth and you know, holding her and, and going through that journey with my sister, which built, which brought us closer together more than ever. We thought we were close already, mm -hmm. but that whole path of what she went through and the labor process and then the after and then taking her home. And that is, is, is so unexplainable, amazing joy for me. That is the good that I take out of 2020. What I want to ask you is what is the good that you have taken out of 2020? Two part question. What is the good that you've taken out of 2020 and what is your hope for 2021? We are almost halfway through 2021, but there is some hope that I, that I have for 2021. And I know that you have as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. There are like three ways I could answer that. So oh, answer them all. Go for it. I'm going to go. I, yeah. Let me go with two of them that I think would be really like feel authentic right now. So one of the things that I took away from 2020 is in general, I'm not a materialistic person. The one place I'll spend money on is shoes. Shoes are my thing. I know it. I got a big closet full of shoes, but in general, I'm not a very materialistic person. 2020 though gave me a chance to even go deeper into that idea of the simplicity of life can be so rewarding. The simple, simple things of like, you know, baking or, you know, cooking that that simplicity, not having to be at the newest restaurant, not having to go to the biggest concert, but that simplicity was really rewarding for my soul. And that's something that I, you know, have always, you know, wanted for myself. And I live it, but I lived it even more in 2020. And I want to bring it forward even more as I move forward in my life. The other thing, and it relates to that, is I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm a baker. And what I did early, early on in the pandemic is I went, the first Easter came up after we had been quarantined, quarantined. I was just like, hmm, our, our house is one of the houses where people come over and they hang out and people couldn't come over and hang out. Mm -hmm. So I took three days ahead of time and I baked a whole bunch of fun, like Easter cookies. And we made socially distanced deliveries all around Los Angeles to my friends. And we made this big loop and we'd like put it on their porch and then we'd stand back and they'd come out and we'd like all chat. Or if they lived in an apartment building, we'd meet down on the sidewalk and I'd put the cookies on the wall and then we'd, you know, be apart and chat. That connection was so amazing. And so I did it through the entire year. Anytime we hit a holiday, I would be out making my deliveries. And we just did our last Easter one. And you know that may be the last one we need of quarantine. Mm -hmm. But once again, those simple actions of recognizing the friendships in our lives, the people around us, man, I can't tell you, people were just floored by it. And I would come home at the end of the day and be like, yay, I did good in the world. So that's another really beautiful thing that came out of that. And I just want to keep, keep bringing that forward. Gosh, that is so beautiful. Why didn't I live near you? I mean, you're baking good. <laughs> I mean, can I put my order in? I mean, <laughs> you can. Yes. <laughs> I well, love cookies. We have, these, we have these three huge lemon trees out back and they are producing like crazy this year. So for Easter this year, it was lemon bars with blueberries in them. Oh. So if you like lemon bars, I'll be stopping by and I'll drop some off for you. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, lemon bars with blueberries. That sounds absolutely delicious. 
John, you have been an absolute gem on this show. And I, and I hope that everyone took away some really good uh, things that you have said and just some amazing coaching that you've done. Cause I definitely have, like I'm making mental notes. I'm definitely going to be uh, playing back this podcast once it drops, because uh, there's some things that I took away from what you said. How can people stay connected with you? So the best way to reach out to me is on my website, which is johnsovec.com. That's J-O-H-N-S-O-V-E-C.com. And then they can also find me on social media. I'm on Twitter. Um, I just started Instagram this year, so I'm kind of a newbie at it. He's but you on can find Instagram. Me, Woo-hoo. You can find me at John Sovec Therapy on Instagram. And it's a whole new world out there. But, you know, if we don't challenge ourselves, we don't grow. So um, yeah, you can find me on Facebook as well, but feel free to reach out. If you have questions that came up from listening to us today, I'm more than happy to chat with you. John, thank you so much for joining the Heard That Podcast. I appreciate everything that you said. And I will definitely, um, I know I'm going to have you back because there's going to be some, people are going to listen to this, have some questions, everything else. And I'm like, that's a great question. Let me have them back for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) With our lemon bars and blueberries. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in today. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know, now you know. All you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that. Look, all you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know, now you know. All you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that. Look, all you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that.